welcome to Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines, people working to understand viruses and how they affect you. With the annual American Society for Virology meeting coming up soon, we are talking with students, postdocs, and other virologists presenting at the meeting so that you can learn who they are and what they do. I am Larissa Thackeray, and I am hosting this podcast from America's Heartland in St. Louis, Missouri. On June 7th, 2023, we talked with Austin Robertson, a graduate student in the LeBeau Lab at University of Wisconsin-Madison. He received his Bachelor's of Science in the Biology of Global Health from the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. He is interested in developing antibody therapeutics to combat viruses. Thanks for talking with us today. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Austin Robertson. I'm a third-year PhD candidate at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, I'm also a licensed contractor and a musician, so I like to be eclectic with my with my uh, activities. <laughs> right. Um, and can you tell us how you first became interested in science and virology? Yeah, I've been interested in virology in particular for a very long time. Um, I believe it was seventh or eighth grade. I had a biology unit uh, led by a, a doctor named Dr. Bolt, um, and she had a unit uh, that was focused on viruses, and I never really lost interest. She made it so uh, entertaining and and uh, just interesting. So uh, from that point on, I tailored my entire academic career towards uh, virology and the immune system. Wow. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about where you're from, what your background's like? Yeah, I'm from the Minneapolis, Minnesota area. Uh, my family and I moved around a lot. Uh, so we've lived in all the surrounding cities around Minneapolis. Um, this is actually my first time living outside of Minnesota. Uh, so it's been a learning process, but uh, loving it so far. And what were the major differences between uh, where you grew up and where you are now? I'd say Madison is a lot more of a small town feel than Minneapolis. I never really lived in the city around Minneapolis, but I was always um, around the area. So uh, it's interesting. Anytime you ask somebody about what Madison is like, it's really hard to describe. It's it's like its own little island. Um, pretty cool. Uh, good food, nice people. Um, not a whole lot of traffic around here, which is great. Minus all the construction, but Minneapolis is much worse with the, with the construction and the traffic. Oh, great. Um, and then I guess, can you tell us a little bit about the path that you followed to get to where you are now? Like, how did you um, choose your undergraduate or your grad undergraduate and then graduate institutions kind of what were you looking for at the different stages yeah honestly um i had an interesting path to get here uh i went to the university of saint thomas in saint paul minnesota roll toms um, and i joined that school actually not for academics but for football um i was really big into football and um, wouldn't have changed anything. I'm really glad that that's where I ended up. The academics there are top tier. And um, actually didn't even 
know that lab research was an opportunity until my senior year of college. I know most people start working in a lab freshman year, sophomore year. Uh, I didn't know that was an opportunity. So luckily, I ran into a evolution and genetics professor, uh, Dr. Kenichi Akimoto, um, and he allowed me to volunteer in his lab where we worked on developing a probiotic cocktail against Clostridium difficile infections. Um, and from that point on, I fell in love with just being in the lab and, you know, uh, working on different projects and seeing the ins and outs of it. Uh, from there, I wanted to find a job in which I could just continue working in a lab. And I applied to tens of different labs uh, at the University of Minnesota. And I didn't hear back from any of them. And it was very discouraging uh, until early July 2019. I got an email from one of the professors. His name was Aaron LeBeau. Uh, and he wanted me to come in for an interview. And I was stoked. So I showed up, really just loved the idea of what he was working on, um, antibody development, uh, specifically from camelids and the people in the lab were very supportive uh, i ended up getting the job working as a lab technician for a year and aaron pulled me into his office and he told me he would like me to apply to be a graduate student in the pharmacology program so i did i got in i was very excited about that and a year later um he brought us all together and he said, uh, I'm transferring to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. If you would like to come with, you can. If not, uh, you may want to start looking elsewhere. And I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. So I ended up coming with. And in fact, everyone in the lab agreed to come with, except for those who were graduating. So uh, very interesting circumstance. But now we are all here in Wisconsin-Madison and loving it. So did you actually have to transfer programs or are you still part of the old program? Yeah, I actually had to transfer programs. Um, some of my credits transferred and they were very helpful with that. Um, but yeah, I, I had to transfer from the pharmacology program at the University of Minnesota to the molecular and cellular pharmacology program here. Hmm. <laughs> That's an interesting way to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so can you then tell us a little bit about your research? I was actually hooked the moment I saw shark antibodies. Um, I'm, I was aware of people <laughs> using camelid antibodies, but I never heard of shark antibodies. So I thought that would be um, an interesting uh, uh, talk to have on the podcast. So tell us about that research. Tell us about, I guess, some of the bigger questions, why shark antibodies, but then also more specifically, what kind of experiments you're doing. Yeah, it's actually funny. It started off as a joke uh, in our lab. A uh, fellow grad student of mine, Joseph Gallant, he uh, was doing some research and he found that shark antibodies had some very cool characteristics. And he told Aaron, um, you know, we should get a shark tank, uh, you know, like, let's work with sharks. And it was a complete joke. Um, but he joked about it enough to the point that Aaron was like, you know, let's do it. And so when we moved here to Madison, um, they actually agreed to build not one, but two shark tanks for us. Wow. 
Um, and we had some nurse sharks uh, caught for us in Florida, and we would drive out there and bring them back, put them in the shark tank. Um, and so we're doing several different projects with these sharks where we'll immunize them with an antigen of interest. They'll have a robust immune response. We'll take blood draws and um, use those antibodies to create a phage display library uh, with the VNARs expressed on the outside. And then uh, we'll find the best binders from that population and make different drugs and uh, things like that. In terms of my research in particular, uh, we collaborated with a laboratory in Aberdeen um, who did the immunizations for us. And they um, gave us a phage display library to work with. Um, we then found our top binders and uh, made sure that those binders neutralized SARS-CoV-2. Um, published a paper on it recently in Nature Communications. But my project in particular is taking these VNARs that neutralize SARS-CoV-2, uh, grafting them into different constructs, and determining if those VNARs can maintain neutralization against different variants of concern. So, um, yeah, that's that's where my research is at right now. Cool. Uh, the sharks are all named after different James Bond villains. It's It's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us so what are some of the unique properties of shark antibodies like why would they be uh superior or i guess different from just human human antibodies in a way yeah it's really all in the binding domains um we wouldn't use the scaffolding proteins from a from a ignar um but we would conjugate them into a human fc construct so the real difference is the binding domains. And a conventional human antibody would have what's known as an SCFB, um, which is about 30 kilodaltons in size. It's a heavy chain and a light chain combined. Um, similar to camelids, it's a heavy chain only binding domain. It's about the same size. However, the binding loops are a lot more protruding and flexible, giving it the molecular dexterity that a camelid may not have. Um, so the binding loops can get deeper into the epitopes, into the cryptic epitopes and bind tighter than a camelid can. Um, it also has hyper variable binding loops, uh, which means that those binding loops are a, um, attractive target for library development because you can add to the diversity of the initial library. Hmm. Interesting. Cool. Um, and then... I guess uh, I know everyone's going to want to know is how do you draw blood samples from sharks? How is that done? Do you have to anesthetize them? Do you just get friendly? What's the deal? Oh, they are friendly, but they're not that friendly. Yeah, we have to uh, put them to sleep. And then after about five minutes, they're, they're in a bucket with anesthesia mixed in. Yeah. We'll take them out of the water. One person will hold it and we'll uh, draw blood from the caudal vein, um, which is on the underbelly uh, towards the back. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's actually fairly simple. Um, you would think it would be hard to find the vein, but it's it's been uh, 
fairly easy for everybody that's done it. Now. Cool, cool. Um, and I guess uh, in a way, so you're what, like a third year, did you say? Yeah, yeah, I'm just finishing my third year. I'll technically be a fourth year here soon. Okay. What is your plans then for the future? Are you thinking of going to getting a postdoc, going, you know, going to industry? What are your plans? You know, my, my plans are still very open. Um, I've loved working in academia. I've also had a very keen interest in uh, going into industry or some sort of government position. Um, whatever it is, I really hope I can use not only my background in antibody development, but also my interest in viruses um, and combating them with antibodies. So if I could find a position that incorporates that, um, I would I would love to do that. I would love to continue my collaborations that I'm currently working with. Um, love to continue collaborating with Aaron LeBeau's lab. It's really a, a, a toss up right now where I end up, but I'm open to any sort of opportunities. Okay. And are you looking, you know, I guess antibodies are used in like pandemic preparedness, obviously, but they're also used in like um, different therapies, I guess. <laughs> are you more interested on the therapy side or more in sort of antiviral pandemic preparedness? In terms of my project right now, it's actually, uh, we're looking at therapeutic efficacy as well as prophylactic. Um, so I would be interested in working with either. Um, I do like the idea of the the therapeutic aspect of it. You know, my dad's immunocompromised. Um, so in my mind, if he were to, you know, contract COVID, I would want some sort of antibody therapy that could um, help him and make sure that he doesn't have any uh, drastic effects from the infection. Um, and as of late, most of the monoclonal antibody therapies have lost FDA approval due to the fact that these variants are popping up and, and uh, evading these antibody responses. Um, so with that said, I, I, I would like to um, at the very least focus on therapeutic options in my future career. Right, right. Um, and then I guess, can you tell us a little bit about what do you do outside the lab? So when you're not working in the lab, what do you do for entertainment to relax? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I go to the gym. I like to play video games. I'm also a musician. Um, so I like to record music and go to the studio. It's kind of my safe space. Uh, I'm also a licensed contractor. I'm a co-owner of a business with my father. Um, we build residential houses as well as um, triplexes and different developments around Minneapolis. Um, but yeah, I'd say my go-to to relax is going to the studio, making music. I've been doing that since I was 13. So it's, like I said, it's my safe space. I really like it. Cool. Is that like singing or composition or? Yeah, it's uh, hip hop and R&B. I'm a vocalist. Um, family friend of ours is a Grammy nominated uh, R&B singer. His name's Stokely Williams from Mint Condition. Um, I know most people my age may not recognize that band name, but they were uh, 
a very big band back in the 90s and he's still doing his thing still touring and he was actually on the billboard uh top 100 recently so uh very cool to work with him and pick his brain on everything yeah so i i am a vocalist i also record some parody songs um my capstone class in college i made a vaccine music video <laughs> and it was to the tune of old town road by lil nas x and i called it vaccine road um it actually got picked up by a uh scientist youtuber named z dog md uh and it went viral on his page uh <laughs> hundreds of thousands of shares and I was happy, but also disappointed in the fact that it was my top performing song when I had been making music for eight years prior. But um, <laughs> I guess Weird, Weird, Weird Al is uh, very popular. Right, right. You know, if I end up being the Weird Al of science, that's that's fine with me. <laughs> Great. Um, so I guess last question is, um, I'd like to ask people sort of, um, you know, as you are getting, you know, further along in your career, if you were to kind of go back in time and talk to your younger self, so say when you were 10 or maybe, you know, 15 kind of thing, just starting in your education, is there something that you would want your younger self to know that you know now, essentially? That's a great question. I, yes, there's so much I would like to tell myself. Um, in fact, that's why I took up a position as a TA recently. Um, because I want people who may not know that, you know, lab research is an opportunity early on in your college career. Um, like I did, I had no clue until my senior year. Um, so I use that as an opportunity to, you know, do just that and explain to them, like, you know, if this is something you want to do, here's the steps you should take that I didn't. Um, in terms of telling my younger self things, I would tell myself, Football's great. I wouldn't change that at all, but I would have taken my academics more seriously. Um, middle school, uh, early high school, and then also early in my college career, I would have taken academics much more seriously um, because I graduated with a good uh, GPA. However, I think I could have done even better. Um, so I would really stress the the fact that I should focus on academics. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, I really wouldn't have changed anything. I, I got here. Yeah, you got here. Is there something, do you think that the, doing the sports in a way shaped you in a way that gives you an advantage as a scientist? Yeah, for sure. Um, sports, it really teaches discipline and leadership. It taught me to take constructive criticism on the chin and not be offended. Uh, because it is something that you will hear not only from your PI when you're in a lab setting, but also um, just peer reviews from grants, all those kind of things. They're not going to pull any punches. So it's something that I've become accustomed to when I was younger, um, whether it was my dad telling me, you know, that was a good game, but you could have done better or that was a terrible game. Like, he he didn't he didn't pull any punches my coach didn't pull any punches and it really taught me how to have thick skin in science 
Great, great. All right. Well, thanks so much for talking with us today. And we look forward to hearing about your research at ASV. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much for your time. This has been Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Thackray, and thanks for listening. You can find us on Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and other podcast providers, or at lmtv.podbean.com. Thank you.